0: Hello, Land. My name is Michael Grawley. This is episode 118 of SINGAP 10, your 10 minute weekly briefing on everything you need to know about SINGAP1. I could not help myself. I had to drop an episode today. There is just too much going on. It's a bit nuts. The census, the cannonball, the scramble, Prax 222, which is built on Citizen, by the way, and a must read, not to mention a reminder that you should register by the, for the conference before Halloween. Let's jump in. The SINGAP census was dropped on October 1st because we are like clockwork around here. Every quarter we update the census. 1,297 patients have been found in the census. We're almost at 1,300. And as you all know, that number's low because there's a bunch of families out there who haven't let us know they're out there. There's a bunch of people who haven't been diagnosed yet. So 1,297, that's what we know about. Exceptional work to Jess Duggan and everybody and Lauren and everyone who makes that happen, thank you. That's the number we're talking about, folks. 1,297 links in the show notes. Read the article. The Cannonball starts tomorrow. This is incredibly exciting. You all know what the Cannonball is. Spend the next three days of your life glued to that YouTube channel, making donations. Tell your friends. Tell your colleagues. Encourage everybody to donate to UFD Tech. $1, $5, $10, $1,000, $10,000, whatever you got. Donate to UFD Cure Cannonball. Help them raise the $250,000 they're trying to raise, they're going to raise, to help us to your SYNGAP1. It's truly exceptional work, and I want to thank Effie Parks, the queen of rare disease podcasts, for doing a mini-episode about the cannonball to her huge audience. Thank you for that support, Effie. We are so grateful. Links in the show notes. That's Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Tomorrow, Thursday, Friday, October 4th through 6th to Cannonball, New York to LA. Saturday, over in South Carolina, Julie Miles is going to be hosting the second annual Scramble for SYNGAP, a golf tournament. Exceptional work, Julie. Thank you so much for your leadership here. If you want to get to know Julie, we just did a Singap story about her. Ashley Fry interviewed Julie Miles to talk about their journey with Singap One. You got to get to know Julie. She's on our board. She has this fundraiser. She's just a wonderful... Wonderful human being, and I'm so grateful to Julie for doing that, as, as I am grateful to the Stelmazics for doing the Cannonball. By the way, on the Cannonball, as I've talked about in previous episodes, Peter Halliburton's going to be on the F-150, and so is Monica Harding, and we're all dying to see how Monica Harding does stuck in a truck with three dudes for three days. It's going to be amazing. Then again, you could also ask if those three dudes are going to survive three days of Monica Harding, because she is an impressive lady, let me tell you. Um, but... He, And one more thing I want to tell you guys. There is a a YouTube video. I put it in the show notes. It's about Prax222. The the CSO of one of the SCN2A foundations was interviewing Marcio Souza, who is the CEO of um, the CSO. I don't know if I said CEO or CSO, but the chief scientific officer of one of the SCN2A foundations was interviewing the CEO of Praxis Medicine. And you've heard me talk about Praxis before. They're working on SCN2A. They're working on essential tremor. Whatever, And they're also then after SCN2A, guess what's next on their list? I hope SYNGAP1, right? So I watch them very closely to see how they're doing because I want them to move on from SCN2A and essential tremor and start doing clinical trials on SYNGAP1 for which we know they have an asset um, from Dr. Petru's lab. So anyway, they just dosed patients. They just dosed four patients with Prax222, which is an ASO, for SCN2A, gain of function. This is not our disease, but you guys have heard me waving my hands about SCN1A, also known as Dravet, and the disease modifying therapies that we've seen going into patients from Stoke. And now Stoke is doing a a large cohort of Dravet patients, both in the US and in the UK. Um, Praxis has just dosed four patients here in the US at Le Bonner Children's Hospital down in Memphis. I'm pretty sure it was at Le Bonner and with very small dosing. But the results of that dosing have been amazing, right? So this is now the second time that I'm aware of that we've put ASOs into humans for disease-modifying therapy to act on the gene that's causing the disease. And, we've, and already, in just those four patients, the results are amazing. I don't wanna steal Marcio's thunder. Please watch that. Um, Please watch that interview between Marcio and uh, the the CSO. Why why do I want you to watch this? You you barely have time to take care of your SYNGAP, kid. Why would you take care of SCN2A? I'm going to say sun blue in the face. Right now, we do not have a disease-modifying therapy. We are going to have a disease-modifying therapy, guys. I don't know if it's going to be 6 months, 12 months, 24 months, but it's coming. And then you're going to go overnight from, why do I only have these ASM drugs for my kid, anti-seizure medicines, to... Wait, you want me to stick a needle in my kid's back, and there's this thing that's going to go to their brain, and it's going to make the good copy of the gene? What? Get your heads wrapped around it right now. Understand what ASOs mean. Understand that clinical trials are the first way in. Understand what dosing is going to look like. This is really important. And right now, the leaders of the pack are Stoke and Praxis. Right? There's also Tevred working on stuff, and then you got Regal working on stuff, and you got people I can't talk about working on stuff. But the two people who are out there who have SYNGAP1 on their website, who have already put needles into kids for other diseases, SCM1A and SCM2A, are still praxis. Now, I want to also point out one thing that Marcio said, because I was listening to this, I listened to this twice, and he said something, and I was like, wait, what? And he said, we are biophysiologically characterizing each patient's mutation. What does that mean in English? It means each of these patients has a different mutation. And they were actually taking each of those and putting them into some kind of model, probably a cell line, who knows, and and, um, studying it closely. Now, in scn 2 a there's gain of function and loss of function. Here in in Syngap-1, we only have loss of function. There's no gain of function. Why, we don't know. Um, Maybe it's lethal, maybe those kids don't get born, or maybe it's just the body regulates Syngap really tightly. Probably, the my money's on the ladder, but whatever. Who knows, no one knows right now. So in, in SCN2A, sometimes a kid starts seizing and they find an SCN2A mutation. They don't know if it's gain or loss because it's a missense, right? And I've said to patients, I've, especially the missenses, I said, you should characterize this mutation. You should raise a few thousand dollars. I think the number's 10. And we should make a cell line with this mutation. And then we should give that cell line away to academics and researchers. And people are like, I don't know. It sounds like a science experiment. And then they go to a neurologist. And the neurologist says silly things like, oh, don't take part in research. Here's the deal, guys. No one's done this before. There have been exactly zero times when a needle has gone into a Syngap patient to make their brain make more Syngap. So if your neurologist says, oh, well, don't do that. That's not what we do. Your neurologist doesn't know what they are talking about because we haven't done this before, all right? And so pay attention to what Marcio is saying to scn 2 a We characterized every single mutation. We are thinking about this very carefully. Having too much information is rarely a problem. So I really want people, especially the missense mutants, but I really want people to stop and say, hmm, Is it within my reach to make a cell line for my child's mutation? And then to put that in the biorepository at SRF, which we do in partnership with Combined Brain, it's IRB approved, it's it's managed well, there's all the things and all the people in charge, it's totally legit. So that they can then give that to research and industry. Is that that a good idea? Yeah, it's a great idea. I'm not saying it's going to make the difference between whether or not, your kid is given access to medicines when they come online. But I don't think it's going to hurt. I think there's a lot, the more I've seen people work on Syngap 1, they generally show up, they're like, we're working on Singap 1! And they work. And they call me a year later and they're like, man, that's more complicated than we thought. Yeah. It is. I'm like, you're going to give up? They're like, no, this is fascinating. Like, we're in. Like, we're going to do this. But it's just, just a little just things we got to figure out. The way we can help them figure it out faster is by making as many cell lines as possible of as many mutations as possible. I don't think there's any harm in adding protein truncating mutations to the cell line library, by which I mean the nonsense is in the frame shift. And I am certain. That adding more missenses is a good idea. If you have a missense mutation, you should be making a cell line. I'm going to say it until I'm blue in the face. And if you're like, "Why? I still don't understand?" Come to our come to our conference. We have three or four people speaking about missense mutations. It, it, slash, thus, it is a really heavy. It is a really important topic. All right, I've said enough. Oh, I no! One more thing on this: the press release from SC, from Praxis about this incredible results where they had seizure reduction. Days of seizure freedom, everything went up off the charts after really tiny dosings of ASOs. The press release on that is in the show notes, and that's dated 10-2. But there's another press release, dated 9-20, which is 12 whole whopping days ago, where um, the point is made in writing that it was citizen real-world data that was used to get the Prax-222 filing off the ground. This is an important point, guys. I've been waving my hands, telling everybody sign up for Citizen. People are like, well, what is the Citizen really going to do for us? Blah, blah, blah. This is what Citizen did for SCN2A. Those four kids wouldn't have gotten that drug if, so soon if that Citizen data hadn't been there. And guess what? Now that those four kids have had positive results, quoting Marcio, watch the YouTube, He's going to go to the FDA and say, let's do a bigger trial. I love, sometimes Marcio says stuff and I just love it. And the CSO said, well, when are you going to do the big trial? And he said, yesterday would be too late. Damn straight. Yesterday would be too late. We have these medicines. Let's get them into kids. The FDA is faffing about, the rules are changing. Everyone's like, oh, what do we do? We don't know how to get past the FDA. Let's get some data. Let's do some trials Let's get the science we know into the children we love. Yesterday would be too late. God, I love that man sometimes. So, watch Marcio. It's a 20 minute video, it's very important. Steve Petru is sitting there in the back, just, just, I mean, how happy must Steve Petru be? The dude's been working in the lab, curing mice of all these diseases forever. He made this ASO and here we are talking about how four kids got a tiny, tiny dose. Their seizures went down. Their seizure-free days went up. And we're going to roll this drug out to the world. Man, those guys, I hope they're drinking champagne tonight. That's just amazing. Well, actually, they should be working. And then they should drink champagne. But anyway, very excited about Prax222. Huge um, congratulations to the team at Praxis. Please go out, get this done, help these kids with SCN2A, and then keep going. Let's help these kids with SCNGAP1. Help. Do them both at the same time. I want. To, there's two more things I want to talk about. I was, um, I was somewhere. I don't know where I was. And somebody sent me this link, and I, and it was on Effie Park's website, and generally Effie has great taste. And I started reading this, and I said, wait, I know this person. I went to the bottom, it was by Jennifer Sills. Jennifer leads the um, Oker Chung Syndrome Foundation. And uh, I want to congratulate Jennifer and Justin West, by the way, who both just joined the Board of Combined Brain. Good job, guys. We're happy to have you. Um, but back to my point. Jennifer Sills wrote this article about her daughter. And it's very short. You have to read it. Link's in the show notes. It's under must read. And she was talking about, I'm going to paraphrase, things are really bad for Jules. And one day Jennifer woke up and she couldn't find a silver lining and she's really good at silver linings and it scared her. And then she talked about how sometimes it just sucks and you've, you've got to just give yourself compassion. And if that sounds foofy to you, You're in trouble because anyone who's in this world needs to learn to give them self-compassion. And I just, I don't just. I'm so grateful to Jennifer for having the courage to share that and to write about it. And I want everyone to read it and stop. And if you don't know what she's talking about, go buy this book. It's called Self-Compassion. I'll put it in the show notes under the link to her article. Because if you don't get it, you got to get it. Effie was dead on to publish this. We would really need to celebrate um, Jennifer Sills. She's an exceptional human being, and I'm so glad she wrote this. Um, So I wanted to make sure I said that. Wild type campaign. Somebody I was talking to a scientist, and they said, I said, you're coming to the conference, what are you gonna do? Blah, blah, blah. And she said, yeah, but I, I, you know, Mike, I want one of those wild type hoodies. If you want me to do this thing you just asked me to do, I need a wild type hoodie for my kids. Remember, in, in science, if you have two healthy copies of the gene, well, no one cares because you're normal. But when there's a mutated version, you have a, a mutant or variant and a wild type. A mutant allele and a wild type allele. When they're different, they're called alleles. Hey, who knows why they do this. Science makes things so complicated. But there's a mutant allele and a wild type allele. And wild type means the normal one. Same thing for mice. We make a mutant mouse and a wild type mouse and we compare them, whatever. So I call my, I call Tony my, 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 my Syngapian. And I, I don't call him mutant because that would be weird. And then, But I call John my uh, ostensibly neurotypical, but some days is less than obvious. I call him my wild type. And that took, and we, people liked that. So we made a hoodie wild type is a gene on it. It's a great, it's a great hoodie. So this scientist asked me for a hoodie and I was like, sure, I'll give you a hoodie. And then, so we made a campaign. So if you're coming to the camp, if you're coming to the conference and you want to clearly label your children Syngapian, not Syngapian, or just yourself, because they're pretty cool hoodies, buy a wild type hoodie. We're running a campaign for the next 20 days. Links in the show notes, wild type. It's awesome. It says wild type on the front. It's kind of fun. No one knows what it means. On the back is all these SRF logos because that's what we do. And then, of course, today is October 3rd. You have 28 days to sign up for the conference, people. October 31st is the deadline. Sign up for the conference. Thank you for your time. Congratulations to Praxis. Thank you to Jennifer and Effie, to Julie, to the Stelmazics, and the SYNGAP census is 1297. We're killing it, team.